Hello guys, we are back again with our monthly RB Coaching Roundup. Um, joining me to go through all of this month's talking points is the boss Ryan and full-time coach Matty. How are you both guys? How are you doing right? I'm very good, Kieran. Yeah, can't complain. Good. Matty, you okay? Oh yeah, yeah, good. Been nice being back for the uh, X1 programme for January, so uh, yeah, all good. Okay, good to hear. So obviously, normally around this time of year, um, January, Everyone's a bit low and, and everything feels a little bit slower, but there was certainly no sign of that with our 8 to 8-1 Academy. Um, players, parents and coaches got straight back into, into the swing of things uh, with our ball protection model. Um, how did you feel the module has gone so far, Ryan? Um, very, very well. I, I think um, it's, it's definitely a module that our previous... Um, members that have done it before have excelled in it and really improved their game even further and it's always a great module because the way we teach protecting the ball it's brand new to a lot of our a lot of our newer clients newer players and um, so they've kind of learned the techniques brand new and you know the progression from the first week to the last week has been has been amazing really so yeah couldn't have gone any better really happy with the players but also the staff, the staff have been outstanding. Yeah, I think I think that's a good point that you made there, actually. The progression from week one to, obviously, we've had games week at two centres now and we'll have the rest for, for the rest of the week. But the progression is certainly something I've noticed. Um, has anything stood out to you, Matty? Yeah, um, I think overall, every single player has showed more confidence on the ball in certain situations. Uh, we've literally been pushing them, I think, for, for the past three, four weeks about how it doesn't matter if the player's in contact, now you know how to keep the ball under contact and, and get away from that. So it's really been nice to see all the players show confidence on the ball and have more touches, for sure. I think that's an interesting point you've touched on in terms of confidence and, and bravery. But if we break down protecting the ball to begin with, just just how, how much of an important skill is it to be able to protect and shield the ball in the first place at, at the right time, Ryan? It's... It's crucial if players really want to take their game to the next level or they want to go and play at a, a higher standard um, now or later on in their, in their adult career. I think it's, um, like I said to the parents last night, the parent clinic, you know, the FA identified, you know, probably 10, 15 years ago that that's something that the England international team didn't do very well, keep possession of the ball as an individual and as a team. So they've obviously identified it and it's, it's become a bit of a, more important topic and more important mainstay in our in our youth development programs so for me staying on the ball protecting the ball is critical not only for individual possession but also for uh, the ability to start attacks maintain attacks and you know keep possession as a team unit i think i think it's interesting the way the way you described it there because i think if you were to tell somebody, um, I don't know, a parent or another coach, you, you're encouraging players to spend longer on the football, I think a lot of them could turn their nose up at that. But the importance of it in terms of slowing the game down and, and, and when it is your last resort to sit on that ball and be comfortable on the ball to then find another option um, is something that's completely underrated. And and, and I think we, we kind of touched on that on Games Week last night, especially at the Stratford Centre, Matty, didn't we? We said... Be positive as your first point. If you can make a pass, if you can dribble, if you can have a shot, then be positive. But if you're in trouble, that's when you, you then go into your shape. Yeah, like I think there's certain certain areas of the pitch and, like you said, certain scenarios when 
you need to sort of try and protect the ball and that might be when you're on your own and that you don't have any support and it gives time for for your supporting players to get into positions to help you like they've been looking at and uh, on week two um so yes for sure as well the player on the ball when they are protecting it and they might might not have anything on there's always ways that they can twist out um on the ball as well so yeah yeah really important I know you've already touched on it a little bit, Matty, but how important is the confidence side of things, Ryan? Do you think the more players get used to this feeling, um, the more likely they are to do it? Or do you think there's a time where players might be sort of down on confidence that they're less likely to do it? Um, I, I think I think when, yeah, I think you're, you're right. I think when players are less confident, they like to, they like to pass responsibility on a little bit quicker than usual. Um, for example, they might just kick it or they might panic. But I think, yeah, more more confident players will embrace potentially extra touches at the right time. They'll, they'll embrace contact and feel that feel that joy in contact and have that confidence to take contact and still be able to do what they want with the ball. Um, but uh, I, guess, I guess it is linked to confidence. It, it can also be linked to um, physical maturity as well. Um, I said I said to the parents last night, you know, um, I said whose whose son or daughter is on the smaller side for their age group, and a few raised their hand. And I said, well, this is a great module for them because the way we teach it, the body shape, the using the the arms and stuff, you can develop more confidence as a smaller player and being able to hold off larger players if you get the correct body shape. So I think some players, some players in our program, the smaller ones have really kicked on with their confidence levels because they've actually understood that, well, I can get even lower, which means I can even be stronger than the bigger kids that I play against. So I think that's that, that's an important point about confidence you've made there. Yeah, I think I, I, it just came to my head, and, and Matt, I'm probably going to put you on the spot a little bit here, but when you've been playing, um, can you think of a time where you felt comfortable knowing that a, a defender or an opposing player is, is close to you, but you've accepted that contact and been able to just go, that's fine, and I'll play under my steam instead of letting the defender dictate? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think actually, uh, actually probably from Ryan's programme and coaching on it, it's probably helped me out as a player as well. Uh, but yeah, you have there's obviously times in the game when you're in tight areas of the pitch um, and you're looking to try and, well, you've got obviously under pressure, um, and basically just trying to keep the ball on the furthest foot and, and trying to work something but yeah for sure there's been times and in in every game that you're playing really where, where you're under pressure and under contact and it's about making sure you make the right decision in that moment instead of just probably kicking the ball away let's say mm. there, there has definitely been times I, I'm thinking back to, to when I was playing where the, the I've grown in confidence because I've been able to protect the ball um, well and then you end up doing it. You might do it in the first few minutes of a game and then you end up doing it more and more and more. And it, it's it's then the players that stand out for me are then the players who can quicken the game up when they need to quicken the game up so they can play two-touch, uh, one-touch, dribble quickly. But when you can slow the game down as well, which protecting the ball is doing, it's such an important skill, isn't it? That's slowing the game down and quickening it up. Yeah, I, I, I agree, Ken. You, you do grow from confidence when, when using that kind of... That using that shape, um, but also the, when, when we looked at when we looked at um, teaching the um, reactive protecting, the, the, you know, the spinning away, you know, it, it's more it, it was more of a fast kind of protecting the ball action, wasn't it? You mm-hmm. know, I think the, the the general shape of protecting the ball is relatively slow, and you you put the brakes on and you hold them off, and then you look to link or support or turn. 
But the reactive protecting, like we spoke about, rather than going to a, a full-on tackle, you're actually very quickly twisting away out of danger, using your bum, back arms, and actually escaping and beating and taking opponents out of the game. Mm-hmm. I I enjoyed seeing it click in the, in the players <clears throat> in the players' heads when they realised instead of tackling, they can be the player that comes out with the ball. And then why do they want to be the player that comes out with the ball? Because obviously, if you're on the ball, you're more likely to stand out. And I think that was something that certainly clicked over most of the centres. Again, at Stratford last night, um, I saw that, Matty. Did you? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think a lot of the players were actually, even teammates as well, thought, you know what, I can give them the ball. And, and if, it, if it did obviously go into spaces where there was a potential chance to just both go and try and kick the ball, let's say, as hard as they could. You were seeing players get their body in the way first and twisting out probably two or three times. Mm. You know, so it was brilliant to see, actually. If only I'd have used this skill, guys, instead of going in for a 50-50 tackle and ended up with a bad leg injury. (laughs) Um, No, but listen, overall, an absolutely brilliant start back to um, the new year. Pleasure to obviously coach all the players at RB and, and and like you touched on a little bit there, Ray, for the for the players who have come in for their first sort of one or two sessions or been here for the first um their first module, I've been really impressed with how they've they've fit into the program. Um, because this is probably one of the harder harder modules to, to get used to, but they, they fit in really well. So it's been a really good start. Um that's obviously the protective module done. So that's first module of, of 2022 done. What do we move on to next, Ryan? Um, well, we're, we're nearly done protecting the ball module. Like I said, um, we've got. Um, I'll, I'll be visiting the other centres and delivering my parent clinics over the next seven days. Um, and we also have a player workshop on Sunday, um, six six thirty till seven o'clock, I believe, and that's going to be on um, how to be a good teammate. So, um, anyone listening, players, um, yeah, get yourself online at, on, on Sunday, and you'll uh, you'll have a good um, workshop. Um, but yeah, we move on to aerial control aerial control which which again is a it's a very technical module and it's it's a module that is i think quite sometimes frustrating for a player because a lot of the skills are easy but at the same time relatively difficult to master so we're looking next month involves a a lot of repetition we're going to look at aerial control using the feet only being able to kill the ball, shift the ball off a first touch to beat opponents. Then we move on to um, receiving with our body. So different body parts to be able to receive, protect, shift and beat opponents. And then we go on to something a bit bit of an untouched area, really, receiving from throw-ins, which is, um, again, a very technical module, something that players are probably not used to. Um, So we're looking to detail on the protecting... um, Sorry, receiving from receiving from throw-ins in week three. Brilliant. Looking forward to that. I think if anybody listening wants to get one step ahead and see what the perfect touch looks like, um, you've both seen Ronaldinho in a warm-up, haven't you? Uh, I thought I thought you were going to say me then, Kieran, but no. Um, yeah, um, yeah, I have. I've seen that. I've seen. I've seen that YouTube video of him killing the balls dead from like a seventy-yard drop. <laughs> Yeah, that that will be the perfect uh, the perfect touch to look at if anybody get want to get wants to get one step ahead. Um, no. Sedan as well. There's a great there's a great video of Sedan receiving as well. Amazing, amazing video. I'll try, I'll try and share it. All right, well, I'll put you both on the spot now. Best first touch in football. Who are you going for? <sighs> oh wow! Um, probably Messi. 
Wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I have to agree with that as well. I, 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 I've, ne- I've never seen anyone just kind of like take the ball in so comfortably and it just sticks. I've, I've ne- I, put it this way, I've never seen Messi lose control off a first touch. If, any, if anyone can tell me different, I'd, I'd be flabbergasted. I'm going to throw one out there who's probably not underrated, but probably doesn't get spoken about as much. I think Thiago at Liverpool, his first touch is absolutely outstanding as well. Yeah, yeah, agree. If you ever see him in warm-ups or playing two-touch games or something like that, the way he he can just pop his first touch back up again is incredible. He's got the technique nailed. So there we go. Well, hopefully we'll see uh, we'll see some players get to that standard, or if not by the end of the module, they'll get to that standard. Obviously, um, there's the next module. Um, so other stuff to look forward to, obviously. With the football playground, that the, the sister company that we've got, um, we're trying to have a little bit of a push on the futsal program at the moment, aren't we? We've sent out information to to all um, players in the program, and there's a, a little offer going on as well. Um, we've got a good, a great, a great um, program going at the moment. We're just looking to add numbers at the moment, aren't we, right? Yeah, it's it's a great program. It's a great program for winter as well because it's obviously indoor. But um, so the the benefits of futsal, street soccer, and panna that we offer. Um, it's a very game-based program. You know, it's not like the eight-to-one where we break loads of techniques down, and it's more of an education program. The futsal program just allows the players to express themselves in 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 small-sided game formats, and you know, get get them comfortable on the ball in one v one, two v two situations. Have a little bit of expression in their play, some flair, um, but also play within the rules of futsal. You know, so learn learning different. Um, learning different futsal rules and street rules and panel rules and um, for me it, it's it's an exciting program and definitely one that um players should give a go i think me and you matt you've been been there most weeks and it's just a great way to finish the week for the players isn't it yeah yeah i mean the players there every single one of them uh, you know they're doing it with a smile on their face they're enjoying themselves and like ryan said you know that there's loads of expression in their play and in themselves as well so i think it's been yeah, ever since I've been down there coaching, it's been uh, it's been fantastic, and the players as well are just improving massively, you know, te- technically um, with their feet. So yeah, no, it's good. I think, like I said, it's a great way to finish the week. It, it's, a, it's on a Friday night. Um, we do it at the Connection in, in Coventry, and you know, we get the music playing. We we like Ryan said, we just get the, the the players, give the players a chance to express themselves. And I think from from personal experience for myself, if I could have had as many different types of of training as a, as a player growing up that would have just stuck with me I would love to have done it again so I think it's just another opportunity if, if, if people are free on a Friday evening and they want to have a bit of fun and it's a way of of having a laugh but also improving it's great and, and, and I would certainly advise you to bring your, your child down so fingers crossed we get a good push on that but just sticking with the football playground obviously February half term will be coming up um, we've got another exciting week to look forward to with our um, day camps haven't we yeah, love the day camps. They they come around really fast, don't they? Yeah. Every time you finish one, you think, oh, the next one's a couple of months away, but they they come around really, really fast. Um, yeah, absolutely love it. Um, again, it's a different it's a different type of day. It's not an educational day as such. It's about fun, freedom, matches, shooting, basically giving the kids exactly what they want. So it's always it's always great to see. Um, our football playground regulars there every holiday. It's great to see always new faces, and it's also great to see our eight to one members pop down because it, it gives us a chance to go and watch them play. Mm. 
you know, it gives us a chance to look at them and see if they're using the techniques on the eight to one session. So yeah, myself, Matty, Kieran, Nick, we'll, we'll all be there on the, across the week. So yeah, looking forward to that. Could be a chilly one. So make sure um, if you are coming down, everybody wraps up. Yeah. Two pairs of socks. Yeah, too cold. And I'll be on the tea duty again. <laughs> uh, no, good stuff. So obviously lots to look forward to um, the receiving module. Uh, sorry, aerial control module and um, football playground stuff all happening over February, um, which is good. We like to be busy and we're always busy at RB, so that's good stuff. Um, let's have a little roundup of what's going on in the football world at the moment. Um, it's still the transfer window, just about. There's, what, four days left. Um, Newcastle have signed a few players. Nobody else has really signed anybody, have they? Um. Chris, oh yeah, uh, yeah. Chris Wood went to Newcastle. It's, it's quiet, isn't it? It there's, is. There's not much. There's a few signings under the radar, I think, but um, not n- nothing, nothing groundbreaking. Martial's obviously gone to Sevilla on loan. Um, Good. Would you say he's underperformed or or not reached his potential? Yeah, yeah. I think I think yeah. Well, when he when he kind of burst on the scene a little bit, um, you think, oh, God, this this guy could be the next Thierry Henry, but. No, yeah, he has. He he, he, um, he goes through spells of looking okay, um, but no, he's not. He, he he has underperformed, and I don't think he's the right character to drag Man United out of this patch. I don't think he's he's a work your socks off kind of guy. He doesn't he doesn't have the talent to carry his arrogance mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, so no, he, he, I, I'm presuming he won't play in Man United shirt again, which is not which is not a problem for me. That's a uh, that's a dig that is at Martial. If he's listening, he won't be happy, right? Um, <laughs> oh, sorry, 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 Anthony. <laughs> Can you see any more more moves happening, Matty? Do you think? Uh, I, I just wanted to point out. I think Aston Villa so far have had oh, a very strong very strong good. window. Uh, Gerard's obviously taken the manager's job, which is which I think was a, a great recruit in itself. But then obviously they've signed uh, Coutinho. Obviously, it's played with Gerard, so I think Gerard hopefully will get the best out of him with whatever is left of, of Coutinho, obviously, because he's he's not played as much and he's probably aging a little bit now, but also Luca Dean as well from Everton. Uh, so I think they've done well. But I, I think January is a window, really, where teams that are struggling are the ones that really need to be active um, in areas that they're obviously they're not doing as, as well in. But yeah, it's never really, it's quite a quiet window usually, but it's interesting to see how Newcastle. Everton maybe as well get on uh, this window. I think that's there's a... usually well, there's usually one big sign though, isn't there? There just doesn't seem to be. Well, maybe maybe it was Coutinho. That was only mm-hmm. a loan, wasn't it? There's, I... there's, there's usually one big one. Yeah. I know Man City, Man City are after that striker, aren't they, from Argentina? Alvarez. Yeah. yeah. I think but... touching on Villa, mate, it's quite a good point that you brought up there. I, I, I don't know if you guys have watched much of them, um, but I can't believe how much Gerard has changed. The style of play, but but their fortunes as well. They've they picked up so many good results. Have any of you watched their games and been able to break them down a little bit? Well, I've been following Gerard's managerial career quite closely, um, and for me, he's outstanding. The way he carries himself, the way he conducts himself, the standards that he sets. Um, you know, from 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 the inner circles that I know, you know, apparently training sessions are really good. He's got a good backroom staff. You know. Play, players respect him. I, I, personally, I think he's going to be a top, top manager. A really, really top one. Um, so, um, 
no fair, fair play to Villa. They're, they're, they're building something. They've got a good youth academy, some good players coming through. Um, I think you know that they're, they're looking probably to cement themselves in the top six for the next five six years. Mm. Have you seen much of them, Matty? Yeah, I think obviously what's happened is as well with with Gerard coming in. It's basically like Wendy has been a new signing for them. Mm. I'd like to kick on now and, and play well. Uh, I think with Gerard, what you get is a team that's going to in conjunction with each other, mm. they're all on the same sing on the same hymn sheet, so to speak. Um, and he's he like Ryan said, he drives probably the best standards out of anyone. Um, you know that they'll be well drilled, they'll work hard on the training pitch, and I think his mentality is just you know he, he's got a winning mentality about him as a player, and obviously that's carried through as a manager. So if he does ever Gerard get a move to a, a club where he's in a position to go and win. Things I'm, I'm pretty sure they'll keep rolling through with trophies. Yeah, it pains so me. You, to... are, you saying, are you saying Villa ain't going to win anything, Matt? You've got, we've got quite a lot no. of Villa fans that listen. Ho- hopefully not, Ryan. Anyway, <laughs> I was about to say it pains me to say it, but he's actually made me um, only a tiny bit, but he's actually made me enjoy watching Villa. Oh. Yeah, the, yeah, they're, they're, they're definitely nice to watch. City. After your Birmingham City career, Kieran. Oh no! After that amazing career I had at Birmingham. Um, no, I, I actually I do enjoy watching them, and, and I think bringing in those those um, exciting players, Coutinho being one of them, like you say, Matty Buendia, that they do play exciting football, and they're in good shape. Um, unfortunately, um, a couple of teams. One second, that's my doorbell going. Um, unfortunately, um, a couple of teams aren't in as good shape. What's your thoughts on the, the relegation battle? Um, personally, I I think. Watford, Burnley, Norwich are going down. Yeah, I think I, I, I think Newcastle might be okay. Last day, last day of the season. What do you reckon, Matt? I think, I think like you said, right. I think them three teams are the ones that are probably in in the worst positions currently, aren't they, to stay up? Uh, Burnley have got loads of games to catch up on, which could which could go one or two ways for them if they can find form and brilliant. But at the same time, you know, that, that amount of games backlog is, is, is going to be tough for them. And also I think Watford have, what Roy Hodgson's just been appointed manager, hasn't he? I can't he? So believe that. I, I'm that, that. Yeah. It's just, it's just one of them where it's just, just all going wrong for Watford. And at 74 Norwich. years old, would you not be sat on no. the beach after his career? Oh, I, I just, I understand their appointment. They want someone solid to come in, and, and you know, I think as a player though, you're looking at thinking Roy Hodgson's come in, and you're like, oh, really? I, I just think I, I, don't, I just don't think it'll be inspiring. The players know the session's going to be really boring. It's going to be boring football. I, I don't know. As a Watford fan as well, I'd, I'd just be like, I'd just be resigned to giving up. He's only there for six months as well, which is. is I, I, I know, I, I know, but he's just give it a rest now, Roy. You know, he's been a great, <laughs> he's, been, he's been a great manager. You know, he's had a great career. He just, must have something go spend, though. Go and spend some time with your wife. <laughs> he must have something that 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 is different to all the other managers out there for him to keep getting jobs and keep get te- keeping teams off as well. Oh, I don't know, Kieran. I, I just find it. I actually find it quite funny. I do know he's brought in set backroom staff as he's always had as well. Nothing's changed. Yeah, Ray Lewis. 
I do know what you mean. Yeah. At 74 years old, I think after his career, I would be um, probably on a golf course for the rest of my life. <laughs> um, last last point, manager-wise, Everton, that, what's going on there? Shambles. It's, again, again, they go through managers. They, they buy, they've spent so much money. Is it £500 million they've spent? Yeah. Something. On, on what? On, on what? what? What have they spent that money on? You know, it's there's there's no there's no structure, there's no um, plan. Um, they don't even play attractive football. Um, I again again, it, it's a classic case of a club that just goes nowhere, mm. and it has it hasn't done anything for ages. There they don't is. go down. They don't go down. They don't compete in cups. They don't compete in the league. You know. It's just a classic case of a club that's just sitting in the middle of nowhere. And and you know what? If they, they don't get it right, they could be in trouble, you know. They could get dragged down there and that'd be that'd be a massive, massive um, problem for Everton if they went down. Yeah, they need to get the appointment of the next manager right. But I think I think Duncan Ferguson is, is good enough to be the manager in my opinion, but again, yeah. we, we will we will see, won't we? Um yeah, I'll give give him a shot, why not? He's you know, he's got he's got it running through his Running through his veins. Um, so, yeah, why, why not? What's the worst they could do? Uh, exactly. But, yeah, look, guys, that's that's good stuff. We've, we've had a little little roundup of, of the month and, and what's going on football-wise and everything at RB. Um, I've enjoyed having a chat with you guys. Um, hopefully, obviously, listeners have enjoyed. Uh, we'll send this out to all the groups um, very soon. But in the meantime, have a good day, Matty. Have a good day, Ryan. And we will see you all soon you. At, at an RB camp. Um, cheers, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you.